Your website is the front door of your business, but the way teams build and optimize is broken. Stuck between inflexible templates and cumbersome codependent solutions, there's a better, faster way. Enter Webflow, a visual-first platform that empowers you to create freely. Now you can ship web pages in weeks instead of months and save millions in development costs. These are the real results for companies like Orange Theory, Dropbox, and IDEO. Get started today at webflow.com. Webflow, more than a website builder. Hi, this is Nadine Dietz, host of CMO Moves. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thanks so much for stopping by today and to give you a quick overview on what to expect. CMO Moves is all about game-changing leaders, their incredible journeys, the moves that they've made, and most importantly, their personal stories of how they got to be the leaders of some of the world's most exciting brands. I hope you'll enjoy their stories as much as I do and take away a few tips and some inspiration for your day. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to CMO Moves. Today I have a very special treat because I'm going to be passing over the microphone to a special guest here, and they are also CMO Moves alum. So I'm going to first introduce them, and then I'm going to pass the mic over and let them have a great conversation. But first, welcome back, Carla. For those of you who may have missed our episode of CMO Moves last year, Carla Hassan is the Chief Brand Officer of City, and you're definitely going to want to go back and check it out. And we called it Put Yourself in Someone Else's Shoes. And it was fascinating. We went into so much detail into your background and how you've really been able to provide a warm, welcoming, inclusive environment because you've been there. You've done that. You know how it feels to not have that. So welcome back. Can't wait to hear what you and Diego are going to talk about. I'm sure it's going Thank to be amazing. You. Oh, it's so good to be here. This is such a treat. Yes, it such is. And so real quickly before I introduce it, I already gave it away. There's Mr. Diego Scotty sitting over here <laughs> to my left. Uh, but real quickly before we go there, can you just share how have things been going? Because it's been about six months since we did that podcast. Yeah, I'm going actually and I'm going on my seventh month at City, believe it or not. Sometimes I you know, feel like I've been there for seven years and sometimes for seven days. It's such a large organization. I'm having a heck of a lot of fun. Um, and I think uh, there's so much opportunity with this brand. It's such a storied brand. It's, you know, over 200 years old. And I just think the runway ahead of us is just so exciting. So I'm, I'm very happy to be there. Yeah, well, thank you for sharing that. I'm sure you and Diego Scotty, who is also <laughs> sitting here, are going to get into that. <laughs> Mr. Diego Scotty, welcome back. A CMO Verizon. Thank you. It's good to be here. Thank you for having me. I am very excited to have you here. And it's so funny because I'm about ready to walk away and just literally let you two have at it. Um, but first, before I do that, you know, when you and I did your podcast, it was, what was it, April of last year or something yeah, like that? Yeah, it was a year and a half ago. Oh, yeah, it's amazing how time, time flies. flies. It's a great I, podcast, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, I have no need to be here yeah. whatsoever. This is great. <laughs> I think I think I'm more afraid of Carla interviewing than <laughs> you, need it, and that's a lot. That's a that's I'll be gentle. I <laughs> oh my god, I think you should be. I think you're right. Okay. So, you know, I just wanted to quickly say I, I absolutely commend all the work that you've done. We talked a lot about one thing in particular that's near and dear to your heart called Ad Fellows. And when we did your podcast, it was literally year one. Yep. And I just attended your graduation of year two. Thank you. Yes. That, meant, that meant a lot. Thank you for being there. No, it was my pleasure. So can you just quickly tell us what it's about? 
Yeah, well, AdFellows was a, a program that we launched specifically to address the need for increasing the diversity uh, talent pipeline at Verizon, but also in a way that is, is really never been done before in the sense of uh, it's in collaboration with all of our agencies. So we created a pool of talent that for eight months are going to do a rota- five rotations between mm. Verizon and our agencies, depending what they're interested in. So they get a really good view of uh, different areas of marketing. And uh, it's all expenses paid. So we pay the salary as well as all living expenses. And it means a lot because I, I truly believe that part of the issue with diversity is if you don't have parents that can put you in New York or LA for two years until you kind of like you get your, your feet wet, uh, it's difficult to do, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's an economical problem. So we're trying to solve for that. And I, I tell you, I mean, the energy, we had 20 the first year, 30 the second year, everybody's benefiting and it has made also an incredible, powerful connection between our agencies and Verizon to do something together mm-hmm. in terms of uh, uh, diversity. Well, applause, applause all the way around. It was a great graduation. And I'm going to jump out of the way now because I know Carla is ready to roll. I am. All right. With that, welcome to CML Moves and enjoy this very special episode. Thank you. Thank you. So, Diego, let's let's keep talking about Ad Fellows mm-hmm. because there are a few things in people's careers, certainly in mine, that I look around and I'm like, oh my God, I wish I had thought about that. And I think Ad Fellows is one of those things. And so can you talk a little bit about how did you get the agencies to come on board with you? It's a big investment and it's a, you're putting your money where your mouth is. How'd you get everyone to say, yep, I'm in? But everything started uh, when we issued, first of all, the, that, that famous letter asking the agencies to That's report right. on their um, diversity numbers. And we, we, we did it, uh, uh, we wanted to know their, their, their numbers at the agency level, but most importantly at the Verizon account level. Mm. Um, and that in and of itself created the first kind of like push for this because it was about, well, we have a problem that we need to address. And then it turned very quickly into, well, what are we going to do about it? And when we started thinking about what are we going to do about it together, Ad Fellows came as an idea that everybody could rally around and, and make it happen. Yeah. So, so from that perspective, and I tell you, I, I really commend our agencies, uh, you know, IPG and, and also Publicis. Uh, all of their agencies are, are, uh, have been super committed to this project and, and to also increase diversity with, with Verizon. So that's I couldn't amazing. be more grateful. That's, that's, that's really amazing. So now that you've had a couple of rounds of graduates, can you share any lessons learned, both g- things that have been great and, and watch outs for anyone that's thinking about doing a program like this? But yeah, lots, lots of learnings. And uh, I tell you, the, the number one thing that I, that I was um, really uh, concerned about is that we, we are committing to hire 90% of the ad fellows uh, that go through the program. Um, so I was thinking, well, you know, are we going to get the right people that everybody is going to want to to hire at the, the caliber of talent that we that we need? So we work with um, a lot of grassroots organizations like the Ad Club of New York, uh, the One Club for Creativity, Marcus Graham organization. So organizations that have the pulse on, on the talent that is throughout the country. So they have fed us terrific talent. So when you get talent into a program that is at the highest level, the highest potential, you know, yeah. you're probably going to get good, better chances to get it. Exactly. Good success rate. So that, that was one of the big, uh, big learnings. And, and the second piece is um, you can't just throw these people in these experiences. Uh, we've created a curriculum that uh, keeps the ad fellows learning from each other and really becoming a community, especially when you think about young people. Most of them come from other places. Don't, no, they don't live in New York City. So mm-hmm. they are their own family for eight months. 
you know, so really, and they're young. Yeah. So, so we have a whole infrastructure that that supports that that uh, mini community uh, to make sure that we give them the, both the the emotional and and functional support that they that they need, you know. And uh, and I tell you, it's so rewarding to see that, especially with the agencies, that they are all in, yeah. you know. So I think for me, the the next uh, um, frontier of this is as we get more and more years under our belts on on this, is how do we keep track. Yeah. the ad fellows to make sure that we can help them also in their career. Yeah, absolutely. And you talk a lot, interestingly, about retention. This notion of like, it's not just about bringing people into an organization, but it's about how do you make sure that you're creating an inclusive place for them to actually want to stay and why don't they stay, etc. And so you guys have kicked off a retention study. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that? It's so important because I think as an industry uh, Everybody puts a lot of emphasis on the diversity piece, meaning bringing people that has a lot of diversity. We always believe that you can't have diversity without inclusion and that you really need to work on both simultaneously in order to get to yeah. get the, the, the results. There's no point bringing diverse people if then they, right. they don't feel included or they can be, be themselves. So we kicked off a study that now we're bringing the, uh, the results uh, into the marketplace Surprisingly enough, there's no a lot of data in our industry around inclusion. Yeah. So we partner with the Center for Talent Innovation, which is the uh, preeminent think tank around diversity and inclusion, and they conducted a very uh, deep study, like 2,000 cases across agencies and clients, mm-hmm. to understand what's going on in yeah. terms of inclusion. And I tell you, we, we learned a few things that were a little bit staggering. First of all, uh, we have a bigger retention problem than we think we have. We found women are twice as likely as men to say that they're going to leave their current company within a year. And we also found that uh, people of color are most likely to say that they will leave this industry in the next five years. So imagine this. We're not even talking about leaving your job or your company. We're talking about leaving the industry. And when you go deeper and you say, okay, well, why is driving that? We found that 60% of women and people of color are saying that they were the target of some kind of exclusionary behavior by somebody else. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not what you would expect in terms of big and broad cases of uh, you know discrimination or stuff like you hear a lot. Yeah. It's what they call like micro moments mm-hmm. in which either somebody making fun of your accent eh, or somebody confusing you by somebody else of the same race or using language that is insensitive. Those are the things that chip away, chip away, chip away. And it's very interesting because Nobody comes to work with a, the notion of I'm going to be disparaging or I'm going to say something like most people, I that, guess. That's no, right. Most no, people. That's fair. That's fair. What's driving that is basically lack of awareness or, or just a lot of people just don't don't know. You know, that's why things like unconscious bias, training. Right. And it was interesting. I was in a, in a panel this morning and somebody asked me, um, how long are we going to be talking about diversity and inclusion? Are we, are we just like talking too much? And, and I said, well, first of all, Listen, it's not only about talking, it needs to be about action, but we're going to need to keep talking until this changes because the reality is that we still have a lot of this. We have a lot uh, of work to do. A lot of work to do. We have a lot of work to do. I have to tell you uh, another piece just recently where it's June, it's Pride Month, and my God, I don't think I've cried like a baby for a long time. Since I, you, you know, before seeing that, I mean, that was beautiful work, Thank beautiful you. work, super insightful. You know, you just talked about action, right? Not just talking. And I just feel like you're really doing that. And so hats off. I mean, really, Thank a you. lot of respect for that work in particular was really beautiful Thank work. Thank you. Uh, the, the, 
the work that we did last year that was really shining a light on the conversations that kids now having through, um, you know, video conference or cell phones at, at coming out with their parents was really uh, insightful in and of itself as a process because mm-hmm. it, uh, part of what we know that we weren't clueless about it, but the reality is that there is this kind of like idealization now of the coming out process, like, uh, you know, everybody that comes out is going to be just embraced by society mm-hmm. and their parents and everybody's going to be happy. Right, exactly. And the reality is that most of those goals don't go well, yeah. you know. So coming back this year, we said, well, you know what, I, I think uh, bringing back together people from the LGBTQ plus community with their parents, their brothers or their sisters to re- reunite them mm-hmm. and, and have a conversation about like, no, that wasn't my intention. It, it was uh, a really powerful thing because, yeah. you know, again, to the point about positive intent, I think sometimes these things, um, you know, they are a struggle for everybody, not only the, the person that is coming out, but also uh, their families. And recognizing that and bringing more empathy yeah. uh, to the to the game is, is what we want to do both internally uh, and externally. So yeah. very, it was it was beautiful. Thank you. It was beautiful because I think so many marketers try to stay on the it's all happy and it's all positive etc and you just brought a realness and a rawness to it you've been now on this journey for four or five years transforming the Verizon brand and you've done some really really courageous work in that space can you talk a little bit about how you think about brand transformation and some you know as people are listening to this what inspiration and nuggets can they take away of your journey of how you've transformed the brand well I I would say two two things one is in when you come into a new job, and especially as the, the marketing head of the CMO, I think it's easy to come with, uh, sometimes you're given an agenda of change by the CEO, and, and, and you come in and say, okay, I'm going to change everything, <laughs> right? And that, to me, is the biggest mistake, uh, both in terms of uh, uh, you know practical terms and also in terms of the profound impact on the brand. Uh, it doesn't matter if you have a brand that is uh, 15, 20 years old. I mean, Verizon as, as a brand is a very young That's brand. Right. It's 20 yeah. years old, so it's not a, but it has a whole heritage. Um, your brand, City, is 200, 200 years old. 207. So, yeah. so the, the respect for the heritage to me is fundamental yeah. because the, there's nothing more important than where you come from. I mean, you, you, you can't decide where you're going if you don't have a good sense of uh, what makes a brand right. uh, the brand. In practical terms, listen, Marketing didn't start at Verizon when I came, you know, or, right. or my or my team. It started a long time ago. So we're all building on the shoulders of others, yeah. you know. So having uh, respect for 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 that, especially in a company like Verizon, uh, I think combining those two things were very important because I was very purposeful about respecting the past, respecting the present, respecting the people right. that were there, and I think little by little. You make a difference. What I would say is that it takes a lot of determination and uh, at the same time uh, consistency. So then you drive business results at the same time that you create the transformation. In this day and age, and that's what CMOs rotate so much, you know, I mean, I was was very lucky because I had the support of the CEO, the support of the board, the support of now the current CEO. So that was very, very important. But as a CMO, you can't just say, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change everything, and then in a year, I'm going to worry about business results. Yeah. I didn't have that luxury. Uh, I don't think any CMO has that luxury. You have to drive business results at the Absolutely. same time that transform. And yeah, it feels like you're building the plane sometimes as, as you're flying in. But no, that's I, reality. Look, you know? I agree. I mean, the first, you know, it's been seven months already. And, you know, the majority of this time has been really, for me, at City focused on how do I understand 
the business first, right? Yes. To your point. And I talk a lot about adding value. I talk a lot about, you know, how, how do I help drive the business, not just help tell stories about the brand? How do I really think? And I think it's meaningful. Those kinds of conversations become meaningful for the people who are running the businesses day in and day out to know that they've got someone who actually is sitting on the other side of it, absolutely trying to build the brand, etc., but also trying to help them by building the brand to help them actually drive the business. And it's interesting because a lot of organizations want the change until the change is in front of them. Yes. Right? So, so uh, Can you talk, say, talk about that? Because that, that requires courage. Well, it really does, right? Uh, like a navigation of, a, of an organization. I think it's so important uh, to hire right whatever position uh, in a company, but especially in marketing and within marketing because uh, everybody wants to change, right? Everybody says, we need to go into the next chapter until the next chapter comes. I say, oh, I don't know if this is the kind of change that we want. So we hire these people to be uh, agents of change, uh, to be people that will transform, people that will bring new ideas, and then we kind of like put them in a box, you know? It, for me, the priority uh, with, with my tenure there on my team, I mean, I'm, I'm, this year in October is going to be five years. Right, I mean, yeah. it's, gone, it's gone really, really fast. fast. But it's been about balancing, again, the, the respect from what is, what is there, what this company has built, how successful the company has been, and at the same time say, well, there are some things that if we don't transform, if we don't have the courage to transform, the next 10 years I'm not going to be as easy as the first one. And, right. and I had the, the benefit in my career of uh, having worked in companies that had a lot of heritage. And, and, I, and the first thing that I always do when I go to a new brand, hasn't been too many times, but, <laughs> but the times that I had the chance to do that is to really go to the archives and, and not so only look at the work, but look at what were the people yes. that were there experiencing. So when, when, when we talk now about the, the, the changes that are happening at Verizon from going from a telecommunications company to becoming a technology company, mm-hmm. the changes that 5G is going to bring. I was talking to an engineer that has been in the company for 35 years, and we were talking about the changes from 3G, 3G to, to 4G, 4G yeah. and then 4G to 5G. And I was stressing about a, you know, a lot of the changes that we're going through to kind of like educate you know, people on 5G and what we're doing. And this guy was like, we've done that three times in every transformation. In every this is what happens. This is how the cycle goes. And, and I was like, you know, the moment that you're leaving, <laughs> it doesn't matter if it's the, the, the story of the history of a company, your life, or the history of a country. It always feels like this very complex time That's that right. never happened before right. in history. <laughs> and there were a lot of other moments yeah. at Verizon that there was a lot of transformation. And that I know to me, that gave me a lot of reassurance because it's like, well, we're, we're one more chapter and also a, a lot of uh, a huge sense of responsibility. Yeah. You know, like like your company. I mean, we have 150 million customers yeah. in America. So that means that more of a third of this country have a, relationship, a relationship with Verizon. So our reach and our responsibility in terms of what do we do with that, and then we're in technology. That's as well. right. That's right. So we are in times in which brands like ours have a huge responsibility and. That's why a lot of what we're doing is to, to, to bring people together, to right. unite. To talk to, about the purpose to, of, this, and, and of the, the exactly, brand, exactly. absolutely. Um, I think I'm going to ask you a question now. Because, <laughs> no, because I'm Wait, very... you're turning the tables. These are exactly not the Exactly. It's the revenge <laughs> of the Argentinians. I think the, uh, 
I, I hate labels because labels really don't 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 mean a lot. But I think there is a big transformation in marketing going on, in which you have chief marketing officers, chief experience officers, chief brand officers, and I just wanted to hear how, how you're dealing with this yeah. and, and City. How, how does it work in, in your brand? Yeah, so at City, so I'm the chief brand officer, and then we have a chief marketing officer on the consumer business. And so at City, we've got two primary businesses: we've got the institutional business and the consumer business. And so I work across the enterprise. My primary responsibility is making sure that the corporate brand, we tell the stories of the corporate brand, that we build the reputation of the corporate brand. So I work across, actually, not just with the consumer CMO. I work with the city foundation to talk about the work that we're doing. I work mm-hmm. with HR to build internal stories around what we're doing with the brand. So there's several components to it. And we just work very, very closely together. So, you know, I, I could be called the steward of the brand, mm. but I actually say in City, we're all stewards of the brand. At the end of the day, the banker who is sitting with the customer and who's actually having a conversation with that person and giving them a mortgage or giving them a loan or whatever it is, they are equally as responsible for the brand. Those people, those hundreds of thousands of people that are working you know, to build the relationship are equally as responsible as I am mm-hmm. for building the brand and for the reputation of the brand. So, you know, my purview, I don't necessarily think about, for example, if there are offers or experiences on the credit card side or the retail banking side, I don't think about that. But what I do focus on is how does the brand come to life through all of the experiences? So we work very, very closely together. Do you guys have a, a, some, some processes in place in order to ensure that your teams are collaborating in a way that is productive and that we we do and we're getting better at it now mm-hmm. and so you know my myself and Jen Breithoft who's my counterpart she's the global um, consumer CMO uh, at City and we work very closely together so we've now started to implement not just meetings with our teams but also meetings with our agency partners right so for example we've got bi-weekly check-ins where you just never know we're all working on hundreds of things yeah. and so we check in with our external partners to make sure hey are we connecting the work are we synced Are we all doing different things here? And how does that come together? If there's a big repositioning for the brand, if there's a big major campaign, something that my team is working on, we make sure that we're working hand in hand with her. Because at City, we don't have two brands, right? We have one brand. So in some other companies, you know, they've got two different even nomenclatures for what they call the brand when it's their institutional side versus their consumer side. For us, it's one and the same. And so we work very, very closely across not just consumer, but also the institutional side so it's really important how we come to life with our private bank clients, yeah. how we come to life with even our corporate clients is really important. I think about all of those touch points, everything from what a pitch book might look like in terms of the design of it, all the way to what an ad looks like on national television. I mean, and, and everything in between. I have a tremendous respect for what you described because I think some, sometimes it's, uh, I think that the notion of creativity gets a misconstrued when you know people look at big brands or very uh, uh, brands that have a lot of heritage and say well uh, you know this brand is not it's not creative enough when it's pushing it. and it's interesting because when you're a, a new brand that has no history or when you are a brand that is more of a challenger in the marketplace versus the incumbent yeah. you know there are a lot of things that it would be wrong for Verizon to do in ways to behave in the marketplace because we are the leader yeah so so that comes also with the level of responsibility in terms of how do we behave and, and how do we show up in the marketplace that it, it dictates that we have yeah. to behave a certain ways. That doesn't mean that we cannot be creative, you know, but I was asking about the internal, the internal piece as well, because 
I don't know, the way I, I see kind of like our, our future and, and our present is I want the best creative minds in the world yes. working for Verizon. Internal teams, uh, our agencies, collaborators. I mean, we, you know, stuff that we did for the Super Bowl with, uh, you know, Pete Berg, for That's example. Right. It's, it's, we want to do more and more of that because we know that we can't do this uh, alone. So it doesn't, it, it doesn't matter if you're talking about, uh, you know, creative projects, customer experience, uh, data projects, or even the, the work that we're doing on, on diversity and inclusion. Yeah. We want the best minds, the best minds. collaborating yeah. with Verizon. That's what I think is making us better. Every yeah, day. no, I agree. And I think, look, for me at City, what's probably most exciting is when I think about the landscape of, you know, financial services and banks, I think there's huge opportunity to humanize the brand. I, so to your point, you know, I remember I put a piece of uh, creative in front of somebody at the organization not too long ago that said, I really want to do this, but I just, we're not that cool right now. Mm -hmm. And I thought, okay, cool's the wrong word. I don't want to use the word. I hate cool. the word cool. Yeah, cool. In the, day, in the cool moment that you say some, something is cool, it's not cool anymore. Yeah, exactly. And and it's totally the wrong word. If if that's what you think I'm trying to do, then actually I'm wrong. What I'm trying to do is make sure that we humanize this brand because yes. there is opportunity to. And so not losing the heritage, but humanizing it in a way that makes it more relevant. That's not wallpaper when you walk by. That you actually kind of sit up and notice. And I think you've been doing a lot of that as you've transformed the Verizon brand. You're Thank still you. very true to what the heritage of the brand is, but you're doing it in a way that's very fresh and, and makes people go, wow, look at like, they, okay, so they're doing something different. They're not wallpaper. And I think that's, you Thank know, you. that's important for us as marketers to also think about. Well, I think the, you know, both in your, your company and Verizon, we, we, um, we both, again, touch a lot of people, have very, uh, communications and financial services that are deeply personal yes. uh, uh, <laughs> services. And also, I mean, for, for us, when we think about the network, uh, the network is something that you can't touch. You know, you experience it, yeah, right. but, but you can't really touch. So we have to connect with consumers in ways that bring that to life, that make that, that real. And I'll tell you what's interesting. When I came to Verizon, uh, that I've always been about uh, differentiated always about the, the quality of the network and the product uh, being very differentiated from that perspective. A lot of people, when prices started to go down, things started to get like very uh, competitive, were thinking that, well, maybe, maybe the network is not our thing anymore. Maybe, maybe we should do something else, mm. you know? And uh, going back to the point about respect for the heritage and the essence, well, I was like completely opposed to that mm. because, guys, this is what we're all about. So right. we can't just say we're not going to be this anymore our role as marketers is to reinterpret that yes. for today's world Absolutely. figure out how do we make it relevant and uh and i think you know financial services is a great example yeah, of that yeah. you know absolutely you've you've somehow seamlessly brought the product and the brand together which i think is kind of the nirvana of it all right so Check. yeah <laughs> Okay, all right, so we're going to end this thing with something fun. And at the end of every CMO Moves, I always ask, if money or talent were no object, what would you be doing? And since I already asked you both that in each of your podcasts, I want you to guess what each other's answers were. Ooh, ooh. I got I to gotta listen to your podcast. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is not, well, this this is not good. Well, this easy for me because I've listened to him. Oh. came out like... <laughs> I, uh, let, me, let me think. Mine, right. is, mine is easy, but... Or, I mean, yours is easy because I know. 
Okay, I don't know, but I I I I I, I don't know. I think newscaster, by the way, or anchor, or whatever. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yes. You would I, I would love. I would. I, that's what I would be if I wouldn't do this. And you, I I gotta I gotta. I think for I think you do something like entertainment related, like musician or something like 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 music, some kind of entertainment. I sing. I sing. You sing? Yeah, so I do. What, what but that, that, well, that wasn't okay. the answer. No, but entertainment is close. <laughs> entertainment. It, it, something. So, you'll be an entertainer. It's close. I I was I said I would be an event party planner for children's birthday parties. Wow. Yeah. It sounds it sounds like it sounds sometimes like what CMOs do. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so true. <laughs> It's, oh my god thank you so much it so was a lot of fun thank you thank you thank you Diego you've had a lot of special requests for that 6.30pm voice you want to close this out absolutely this was the news that was <laughs> nice <laughs> alright thanks so much for tuning in thank you.